0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Community Church. Well, this morning, uh, we had a couple guys just share some things in pre-service prayer. And before we go into worship, I just wanted them to share them and just to pray into them. And the first one was Mark LaForte. But Mark shared something uh, just this morning, something small. But I, th- I felt it was for our body today. So just share that and pray into that.
1: Sure. 1 Thessalonians 1 starts with that. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance. So, Lord, I would pray that, Lord, that today, that you would confirm your words with signs following. That, Lord, it would come in power. That it would effectively change us. That, Lord, that you would give us the assurance that we are with you that you're changing us, you'll never leave us or forsake us. Bring us to the higher, higher realms. Yes. Show us what that word actually means. Open up our understanding in Jesus' name. Don't know how much of this I'm going to share. We'll just see how it goes. Um, last week, Saturday, so just over a week ago, um, my mom woke up feeling major abdominal pain. They went to the hospital Long and short of it was she was getting worse and worse. by Monday, she was in i c u and they were saying, "We're going to have to put you in a medically induced coma, we're going to have to intubate you for breathing because your lungs are collapsing, everything's going wrong, and it's it's you know um so Tuesday morning, thinking, "Oh, I hate hospitals, but I have to go and i I have to go and visit and uh I gotta honor Gaileen, I don't know where she is. But anyhow, um, she was dropping Jim off at work, and and she said, hey, I'm going into the hospital. Gord, do you want to come with me? And it's like, oh, please, (laughs) I have somebody else with me. And, you know, you go into an ICU, and the the atmosphere is heavy. It's awful. Anxiety like you would not believe, and just death all over the place. So we go in, and, you know, Gayleen. wow, she's, you know, she... We start reading scriptures to my mom. She's in medically induced coma, but her eyebrows are very expressive. She could just, we could just, you know, there was some communication. And so we're reading scripture to her, and it's just a, oh, it's a slog. It's hard. Well, the real story is later on that afternoon, my daughter and a number of my nephews and nieces, and and I don't know, I think there was about six or seven of them all told, and they let them all into the ICU room at the same time. And they came specifically to sing hymns to my mom. And they started singing. Well, bit of a funny incident. As soon as they started singing, my mom's oxygen levels just dropped. And my daughter, who's very intuitive, she suddenly realized what was going on. And she said, Oma, you can't sing. You have to breathe. <laughs> and right away, the oxygen levels came right back up. So that was kind of funny. But, but then... They started singing hymns, sort of wondering, okay, what's the rest of, you know, are the nurses going to allow this, whatever. Well, it changed the whole atmosphere, not in the room, in the whole ward. They had the nurses singing along. They had, like, even in the waiting room, the spirit of anxiety just lifted. The spirit of death just lifted. And I realized, you know, we really do have the ability to change the atmosphere. We do it by the word of our mouth, by the word of our testimony. We do it by insisting on praising the Lord and singing and worshiping regardless of the circumstances. And, you know, I, I sort of realized, oh, you know, I'm so weak at this. You know, for us, it was just a slog, or at least for me. I don't know what, you mean what it was like for you. But. but they came in and they just sang, and it changed everything. And it's like all of us can share a scripture. All of us can sing. And it changes things.
0: So let's stand to our feet this morning and realize that in this house this morning, the great physician is here. The healer is here. The restorer is here. The one who can change circumstances in a second is here. In fact, he is asking us this morning to draw close to him and he will draw close to us. So Father, right now we come into this house realizing that we have come before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so, Father, we can come and we can bring our praise and our worship. And, Father, we know that as we do this, we don't even have to worry about the problems and the issues we have. We can just lay them before you, th- your feet, and we can thank you for who you are today. In Jesus' name, let's worship him together. We're going to go back into this in a second. I feel like we've just come out of round one. And I feel like the Father's saying we're about to go into round two. And round one, sometimes it's just to get our feet on the ground and to get functioning and to get moving, but I feel like God's saying, we're about to go around too. And what I felt was this, is I felt, how many of you in here right now, just a show of hands, how many of you are hungry for God? Okay, okay let's put our hands down. Let me ask you this, how many of you want to be hungrier for God than you already are? I want that too. And the picture I saw, just a moment ago is I saw myself sitting on the couch and I was saying can you bring me some food? and I felt like the father say the fridge door is wide open all you have to do is get up and go and get it the fridge door is open right now whatever it is you need I will not withhold it from you it's right here. It's available right now. And so whatever it is that holds us, do you ever feel like there's just this gunk on you? I want to worship God. I want to love Him. I want to do all that stuff, but it's like there's just something hanging on me. Is, am I the only one there? Who's in that spot? Like honestly, I want to worship God more. I want to know Him more. I want to function as a better Christian. I want to do all these things, but I'm going to leave here. And those same things come at me week after week, day after day. And it's like I just can't kick them off. And I feel like God is saying right now, get hungrier. The door is open. What is holding you back? Yourself. So we are going to go into round two. And I feel like the Lord's saying right now, I want my people to rise, I want my people to realize who I am. I am the God who will meet your needs. I am the God who will change your community. I am the God who will bring your sons and daughters back. I am the God that will heal. I am the God who will provide you the finances you need. That is who I am. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and somehow find a way to believe this is the God we are serving. As Christians right now I feel that song we got to break these chains off us. There is something, I see it right now, physically holding us back. Physically holding your mind back. And God is saying right now, do not let it win. Do not let it win. Push past that right now. I feel he wants to free some of you right now at this moment. There is some bondage. There are some chains on you. He wants to free you right now. I feel God is saying whatever you want right now is available if you will believe it. Can we believe this as a body? Can we believe this as a body? We're not believing it yet. So we're going to try to go into this. But I feel it right now. God is going to push you past your comfort zone today. He's going to say to you how bad you want it. Show me how bad you want it right now. Show me how bad you want it. Last
2: night. Last night I had a dream, and we were in the fellowship hall, and I remember Derek being there and a few others, and then the mic was handed me to, to me to start to pray, and I didn't actually want to pray, but I just started talking about the fullness of God, and that Jesus' fullness was actually going to be realized in our midst. And as I'm starting to pray, I feel the escalation in my dream. Something happened at that moment in the physical. (laughs) The light in my room beside my bed turned on as I'm escalated to, I, I remember saying, the fullness of Jesus is about to come. And the light turned on. It woke Nikki up. She's like, why'd you turn the light on? And I was looking the other way and I couldn't have touched it. But my lamp is one of those touch ones that responds to electrical current. It turned on. There's something that we don't quite understand that God has set up in existence, in creation, where he's trying to get us to respond to turn on a switch, to open up a door, to let something full come out of us that causes an atmosphere To change. It isn't about how something looks. It is about the fullness that can come and be released from the individual. That is a decision that we all must make. There isn't, you know, I would love for it that we just can make that decision for you, but it comes down to this. You decide. You decide if you want to open up that door or not. But I'll tell you this, prophetically, that if you do, the lights will start to turn on. Do you hear me? What Jen is saying right now is the light is about to turn on, but it requires something. There is a requirement from the people, us right now, will we allow ourselves to reach out, do something different, reach something different, touch something different. Holy Spirit right now, We're not looking for an emotional response from you. We are looking for a step of faith. That's what we're trying to get this morning. The same way Peter stood out of the boat and walked upon the water. It's the same step of faith that we're trying to step into today. And I tell you, it is possible. All things are possible to him who believes. God right now, Jesus, we want to experience your fullness. Let the fullness of Jesus come and be manifest in our hearts today. Let it be poured out into the earth. Let it start to affect and cause change in our community. Let the fullness of God be released from the people of God in Jesus'
0: name. I sometimes ask myself, God, why do we have these moments at church? What is it all about? What are we doing? What are we accomplishing? And this morning, I was just sharing with Jesse a couple minutes ago, I was reminded of a scripture in Acts. And I remember when Peter was delivering the gospel And he was arrested for delivering the gospel because he was told not to deliver the gospel. And when they brought him in, they asked him, Why are you doing what the authorities have told you not to do? And his response to them was, There is authority above yours that I have to honor. God's authority. And I feel like God is preparing the body of Christ because he's about to do something not in this realm. But in that realm, outside of these walls that is going to be so big and so massive. But God is saying, will you honor my authority first and foremost? And sometimes these things happen because they're not easy. For some of us, this is just awkward and hard. Some of us sit there and go, why do we do any of this stuff? It's so weird. It's so crazy. It's going to get a lot crazier. It's going to get a lot weirder because when we step out of this church... God wants us to have that faith, that when he speaks, we listen, regardless of the environment we're in, because his authority supersedes. Do we believe that? I mean, it's being tested. We're seeing it. The fight is on. But the season is coming where God's people are going to make a decision. Whose authority are you going to honor? And we are called to honor his. This is a challenge for me. I work in the schools. I've worked in the schools for seven years. And God has challenged me. My authority first. My authority first. My authority first. In the schools, in the workplace, everywhere. My authority. So, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would get us on board with whatever it is you're doing. You have a great plan, a master plan. This is just a small part of it. That when we get to come to the altar and praise and worship, we get to come because we have needs that need to be met. But all this is in preparation for a greater plan. And, Father, we want to posture ourselves. We want to come in line with your plan. We want to walk within your plan, God. And so, Father, we say now in Jesus' name, prepare us. Prepare us for your plan in Jesus' name.
2: Let's just ask the Holy Spirit for a moment to speak. I know there's times when <clears throat> he asks us to stand around a city and shout, but there was also times that he said, just walk around the city in silence. And in my life, I've done a lot of shouting, not much listening. But I feel on this day that the Lord, and this isn't against a particular style this is just the lord is about to start to speak in ways that he hasn't spoke or maybe that we haven't heard him speak to us like elijah in the cave and i know that sometimes it feels like you're lost in the cave and you don't know how to get out of there and there's there's turmoil and you're like well maybe if i just shout and none of it seems to work all that seems to happen is you get weaker and weaker and more tired but then, all of a sudden, there's a still small voice, and you can hear him whispering to you, Holy Spirit, would you open up that door and allow the voice of the Father to speak? So there's a moment that we we stand, and it's, do we, I, do I let myself lean into this, or do I come back to the thing that i've defaulted to over and over and i believe that the time of defaulting has come to an end and the time of actually leaning into something new i mean i'm sure it's been done for thousands of years but maybe new for us is opening And I'll speak this over this house and over the people here right now. If you're from here or not from here, I'm just going to say over you right now that you're about to hear the voice of the Father in a way that you have not heard him speak before. It will not be contrary, obviously, to what he speaks throughout history and through the generations, but it'll be in a way that you have not heard before. And as you lean into his voice, you'll be transformed. Derek just reminded me about Jacob's ladder. There's an ascension and a a going up and a coming down that is meant to be realized. A transference of, of wealth, so to speak, from one account to another and back again. And the thing about this account, it doesn't dwindle with being robbed from every time wealth transfers from one to another it actually increases and as wealth transfers from heaven to the earth and through the people and the people return that back to to the heavens there's an increase that actually takes place and so the laws and principles of the earth don't apply in this realm because the laws and the principles of heaven are that of life and magnification Versus the earth, which is to take and dwindle and diminish. And so there is a, 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 an opening of hilarious giving that is about to come upon a people. Hilarious giving. And I'm, I mean, I see finances transferring, but I actually see something more. I see an energy, an electricity, a transference of almost light, so to speak, between one account to another. And so I would encourage you right now that if there's a place that you know that needs an account filled, you are the one that actually is supposed to fill that place. And we think, well, I don't have much to give. I don't have many things in me to give but again the principles of heaven are that when we give you will then receive more when you give there is actually something that increases and multiplies from you and you realize that the source that you are therefore giving from is not of your own strength in your own flesh but it is actually from a source far beyond anything that we know because it is eternal it is from God himself there is a source that we're about to tap into and I'll say this again, and I'll reiterate this one more time, that it is about to look and sound different than maybe it has before, but I'm telling you the effect and the impact of that source and that opening of the doorways will be far greater than anything we've seen or felt before. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I laugh because to me... I like being surprised. I mean, oh, this is a hard line because I don't like being surprised. But I like being surprised. I don't like getting something because that I don't know I'm getting because I want to make sure it's the right thing and I don't want to have to fake <laughs> being happy when I get it. And that's an earthly thing. But there's something about being surprised in the spirit that is exhilarating for me because every time it's a gift it's better than what I thought it could be so I don't have to fake I just can can receive it and I know that as I look around I know there's people that have received many of those things in their life but I also know that there's many that haven't received those things and I want to encourage those ones that haven't felt like they've received those things today and I want to say to you number one you're here so something has spoken to you at one point you've heard a voice at one point and now you're here so don't think that you've never heard because you have and number 2 that don't worry you'll will, you'll will receive things very soon just let your heart be tender towards the lord don't turn away just Allow him to speak, and see what starts to happen. To tell you, he never fails. He never gives up. He never forsakes you. Lean into him, and watch what happens.
3: I just feel it. I just feel so important to emphasize that uh, Jacob was not sleeping upstairs in a nice, comfortable bed. Jacob is out in the middle of the desert, laying there with a scorpion a couple inches away from his hand, with a stone for a pillow. He's not sure if Esau is going to f- track him down and kill him. He has no clue where he's going. He doesn't know Rachel or Leah at all yet. He doesn't know what kind of a man Laban is. He doesn't know all that stuff. We know that because we read the account. But I feel it's so important to understand this morning that God's Word does not come to you in a perfect situation. God's Word doesn't come to you when you're sleeping in a comfortable bed. It comes to you when you're laying in the wilderness with your head on a pillow, running away from your brother towards complete uncertainty. And that word of the Lord that came to him and explained to him what a great nation he was going to be, it took years before he saw that realized. And so, Lord, this morning we just jack up our faith and say, I am not put off by the fact that I'm sleeping in the wilderness with a stone for a pillow. But I'm strengthened and built up by, as I see that ladder, From right beside me, going up into heaven, and angels ascending and descending, and the word of the Lord coming and telling me about things that God is going to do. We build ourselves, we strengthen ourselves, we encourage ourselves in spite of our present situation. We say that we are not put off by the uncertainty of where we
0: are. Oh, Lord, we bless you for the strength. encouragement that is in the house this morning. I was a little nervous wearing this today. Uh, Me and Jen were leaving the house and we were having a little bit of a debate and we were deciding, do I look like a mountain man, as she said, or Mr. Rogers? So, is it Mr. Rogers, really? It's Mr. Rogers, isn't it? I knew it was going to be Mr. Rogers. Man, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood though, so that's a good thing. That's good. Uh, it was neat listening to Jesse actually just chat a little bit about, uh, you know, he's he can be so loud and how God's calling him to this quietness right there. Well, I'm the other guy. It's true, right? I'm the quiet guy. I have listened to Pastor Mark for 15 years, tell me the same thing. You need to be louder. Well, it was funny because as Jesse was talking about that, God reminded me of something. I can't remember if it was Jesse who spoke on this or somebody else. It might have been on a Wednesday or Sunday. But someone was talking about old prophetic words that had been given in our church. I don't remember who that was. But uh, when I was sitting there, I had a couple words that did come to me, and I was reminded of one today. And one of those words either came from Bob Jones or Dennis Weedrick. It was one of the two. And the word was that I was going to be like a helicopter pilot. Do you remember this one? I was going to be like a helicopter pilot, and I was going to be going out into the community and bringing people back into the church. This was like, I don't know, 20-some years ago probably this word was prophesied, right? And this morning as we were going on, I felt the Lord say, you're going to have to be a lot louder. And so for me, it's going from the quiet, Chris, to as you saw today, I might be a little bit louder. So have a little bit of grace. And I may ask you to stand up four more times in this service. That's the way I roll. It might happen. In fact, today I brought two bibles with me too two one because i know for a fact i have the nlt mr jim denotter over here and i know for a fact there is a guy over here saying please don't read out of the nlt so i brought my new king james bible just for derek should it be the nlt let's let the church decide show of hands nlt new king james Oh, sorry, Jim. We're going to bring out, you're happy, aren't you? Look at him, man. His shoulders are shaking and everything.
1: So I I think what you need to do is you need to read this. You need to figure out what happens every time they ask the people what they were supposed to do.
0: (laughs) Well, let's just move on. Thanks, Jim. Well, I've got two things I want to touch on today. Can you stand up real quick? Go ahead. Oh, just deal with it. <laughs> All right, sit down. Good. You're good to go. Yes, <laughs> stand up again. <laughs> Di's like, I like this game. Let's keep going. Well, I want to talk about two things today. One of them I felt last Sunday uh, I needed to mention today and bring up. And I, first I felt it was more for the youth and the young adults. But I felt like the Lord say, it's not just for the youth and young adults. This is for the body. And uh, so I want to share a little bit of uh, a story with you about my son, Kaelin, all right? um, My son, Kalen. you know, me and him were not in agreement over a certain topic, and the topic was about gravy being on your French fries, it's true. When he was younger, he refused to put gravy on his French fries. What do you mean you can't blame him? We live in Canada, have you heard of poutine? My son refused to put gravy on his mashed potatoes. In fact, he refused to put butter on his mashed potatoes. He would just eat the potato. That's disgusting. Who you do that to? Wow. I don't do that. I am the guy that when I have a mashed potato, I've got salt, I've got pepper, I've got butter, and I've got gravy. That's just the way it's gonna be. That's how you eat yes, thank you. That's how you eat mashed potatoes. All right? French fries. Now, just because I'm getting older and trying to stay in shape, I don't have gravy as much, but it's the right way to have your French fries. In fact, how many do this? French fries with gravy and, wait for it, yes, ketchup. (laughs) Absolutely, it's so good. Well, my son absolutely 110% refused to even try it. You still haven't tried it? Well, my son refused. This was, no. Just try it. You might like it. No. It looks disgusting. I am not going to try it. Well, just to fast forward the story, I would say about five years went by. And he absolutely refused to do this. But then Kalen had an encounter. (laughs) He did. He had an encounter with Putin. It's true. He tried poutine for the very first time, gravy and cheese. And guess what? Guess what? He loved it. In fact, after that moment, something changed. My son, who does not cook, refuses to cook, would even go and get a little gravy package and make gravy at home so he could put it on his French fries. Something has changed for my son. I mean, my son, if he makes money today, he will go to whether it's, no, it's not McDonald's. What's that place? Mary Brown's? It's Mary Brown's for the poutine. You see, something happened to my son. You guys know what happened. What happened to him? He had an encounter with gravy. And one encounter with gravy, what did it do? It changed everything. Do you hear me? Everything changed, done. You won't have French fries without it. That's just the way it goes. It started making me think of something. What's that refusal? Five years. Five years. I told him, just think about this. Five years ago, if you just would have listened to me, you could have had that amazing encounter, and everything would be so much different. Uh-uh. Didn't happen. Well, I felt something specifically that the Lord had placed on my heart last week, and I felt this. I felt that there are people within our body sitting in our seats. At first, I thought they were just young people, but the Lord said, it's not just the young people. In fact, there are people who have been in this body and in bodies around the globe that have never had that full encounter. They know, but they've read the Bible a bit. They've listened to the pastor. In fact, some of those people, and I'm going to venture to say this, that there are some people actually in this place today, right now, you've been in church for a long time, but you're not sold on it yet. There's something inside of you that is saying, I just don't know. There's other options out there. Yes, this is what my mom and dad told me I should do. How well does that work, parents? But I just don't know if I want it. My challenge, regardless of your age, is this one encounter. Who has tasted and seen in this room? Put your hand up. One encounter. Because I was that very person sitting in a church, sitting at home when my mom begged me time after time after time, go to church. And what did I say to her? No, No, I don't want to go to church. Who wants to go to church? It's so boring, except our church, not so boring. One encounter. That's all I can say. If you are that person in this room, one encounter is what it took one encounter and i preached this part before that 30 seconds before my encounter i did not believe 30 seconds before my encounter i would have fought you 30 seconds before my encounter i would have just screamed at you and argued with you whatever it is but then boom one encounter and you cannot tell me otherwise today how many of you are in this room that you feel that you can't tell me otherwise I know that I know that I know that what I believe, it's Jesus, it's real, and it's God. Let me tell you why we believe that it's one encounter, one encounter. And so yes, I'm going to make you stand up again. We are going to stand up because I felt this. I felt there are prodigals who are not in this room. There are parents in this house who are saying, "Where are my kids? I've tried everything. I've told them for five years. Uh-uh, nothing. Parents, we serve a good God. And it comes down to one thing, one encounter. Maybe you're in this place and you're still debating, is this what I want to do? I know the church motion. I know how to act in here. But I don't fully know if I want to do this. I've actually contemplated it. I've actually even doubted it at times. One encounter with jesus one encounter with jesus changes every single thing everything so father right now we lift up those people that come to our minds who need the one encounter and we say god do what you do we don't get to manipulate the system but you are the king of kings the lord of lords one encounter is all it takes and so god today we pray for that encounter to happen in jesus name One encounter, God. Woo your people back. Bring them home. And Father, if that person is in this room right now, Holy Spirit, how many believe in the Holy Spirit? We know that right now if we call on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can actually come and touch your heart and show you who he is. So Holy Spirit, if that person is in this room today, I pray that they would have an encounter with you right now in Jesus' name. Right now, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come into this room and encounter with you in Jesus' name. Oh, it, church is going to change. I believe it. I believe in about two years, maybe less, something's going to totally shift when we do that because our faith as a body is going to be in a brand new place. It's going to happen where all of a sudden we're going to see it happening right now in our body. That's what we want. We want the transformation now, immediate, because that's who the Holy Spirit is. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's the way we should and will be functioning. Do you believe that? Yes. Yes, we do. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, you can sit down for a little time. You know why I like making people stand up so much? I figured it out. I did. I spent one year in Wichita, Kansas, and I went to a black church. And I loved it. This quiet guy right here who everybody mocks because I dance like this. Yes, it's true. I know that to be true. But I loved every minute of it. And I love it when people stand up. I love it when people are involved. I mean, God, may the body of Christ get to the place where the want is greater than our thoughts, issues, problems, all that stuff. Because the world needs us to get to that place really bad actually because until we get to that place they're not coming through the doors we need to really want this really really bad oh i just want to stay here for a while don't know if i should but I, i'm serious today is that day i am telling you if you are on the fence get off the fence Stop worrying about what your mom and dad have taught you or others have taught you. Okay, it isn't about that. It isn't even about this right here, the pastor who tells you. It's about you. You asking yourself a question right now, what do I want? And if you want it, then you better go get it. Okay, I cannot stop my son from getting poutine. He will find a way. Even if I ground him, he'll sneak out the window. He's going to get the poot. Let me tell you something. I can't leave it yet because you're in here. I sense it. I just know it. I know it. It's time. I'm, I'm serious, man. This is time. Okay? Don't take anybody's word for it. Go find out yourself. How far do I? All the way, man. If you want the poot, you got to eat the stuff. Okay, all the way. But I know this. And again, I am up here because I was 17 when I found out. It's true. You can't argue with me. It's true. It's changed everything. I mean, look at my family. I have a good family. I mean, go back down the generations. I have a family full of abuse and hurt. That's it. Abuse after abuse, I'm talking physical and verbal, all the way down the line. Not anymore. Why? Because he is real. It is true. I've tasted. I've seen. I know you can't tell me anything else. That's it. It's the truth. It's done. Okay, let's move on. My text, because I'm going to start now, is in Matthew. Who's doing the, the, the word challenge? If you're not doing it, right now is a really good time to get involved. Because the book of Acts is so amazing. Not that the book of John isn't. But let me tell you something about the book of Acts. I believe, oh, okay, I can't go there yet. I'll come there in a minute. I think the book of Acts is about to come to life. You with that? I, I honestly do. I think we're getting closer to it's, it's going to happen again. But I want to read a text out of Matthew here, and, and we're going to read about, Jesse actually touched on it uh, for a second there, just the whole walking on water thing, so we are going to touch on that. Um, but has anybody in here had those situations that happen that, uh, that just don't make sense? Like, who's had them? Like, everybody else has had, everything's made, but I've had a lot of those situations. They just don't make sense. From small things to big things. So I'm going to share two of them to you. Because then I read this passage. There's something that just don't make sense to me, and I want to talk about it. Two things. One, simple little thing that happens. Remember this. One winter, me and my son, before school. Do you know how it gets tense in the morning before school? Right? It does, doesn't it? I mean, kids are getting up grumpy. Parents are getting up grumpy. I mean, it's just not a good mix. Right? And then when you tell your kids, you didn't do your chores yesterday, and they're looking at you like, good to see you too. I mean, this is how you start your morning. It's a great morning, right? And then it's like, hurry up. I don't want to be late, and I got to take you to school. And it goes on and it goes on and on. Well, me and Kalen had one of those mornings. And it was one of those just, we were at each other, and it was not so good. It was a little bit ugly, right? Yes, I can get ugly at times. It's true. Ugly. It was, yes is ugly. So, it's winter. Kaylin walks out to the vehicle and uh, I'm walking out my back deck and because we're gonna be late, I made a decision and my decision was this. I'm not gonna get a normal coffee cup, travel coffee mug. I'm just gonna get a coffee cup and fill it with coffee and I'm gonna take it to the vehicle and everything will be okay. So I grab my coffee cup and I grab my stuff for the day Kaylin's standing at the vehicle, and I come out, and I go to take the first step down that stair. (laughs) Absolutely, you know it. It did happen, too. (laughs) Gone. There goes my coffee. Knee into the ground, and I mean, it hurt, and I did one of those looks like, and I I won't even say what I was thinking but it wasn't good, sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Ray, but it wasn't that great at the moment. It was a little bit ugly. I was really hurt, and I was really mad, and I'm sitting on the ground like this, in pain, seeing coffee everywhere, holding my mug, and then I look at my son. (laughs) Absolutely, and what's he doing? Oh, absolutely, he's laughing his head off, right? What did I want to do to my son? Right in the face, right? I sure did, right? And I just looked at him. (laughs) I want to punch you in the face right now, right? I love you, son, yes. Get in the vehicle. It's a little bit quiet. And then we look at each other, and what happens? We both burst out laughing. I just sit there and think, man, sometimes these situations that don't make sense sometimes make sense later on. Because that, it just popped that bubble, right? And it created a new mood. And we started laughing at each other. And it was fun. I'm going to tell you number two, because number two is more embarrassing than number one. Number two happens when my kids were little. And we had a van at the time, and we were just getting ready to move to Uganda. We needed to sell that van, but we couldn't. They told us we'd be lucky if we got $2,500, I think, for the van. And so we were a little bit frustrated about the situation. It was a tough situation, but I didn't really think too much about it. At the time, I had just resigned, well, probably a year after I would resigned here at the church as youth pastor. And I was working in downtown Edmonton for my dad at the mailboxes, et cetera. And, yeah, that's right, mailboxes, et cetera. And uh, one night, we went to Superstore to get some food. So we had the kids in the vehicle. And so I dropped Jen off at the door. And so she went in to get food. And my kids at the time were much younger and a little bit crabby. So as a parent, what do you do? You drive around the parking lot, right? And I did. Turn the music on, driving around the parking lot, going in circles around the superstore parking lot. And then my beautiful wife comes walking at a superstore. And of course, one of my, sit- one of my kids says, hey, there's mom. And what do I do? Oh, she's right there. Now, if you know anything about Superstore, especially in the old days, it's better now. They used to have all of these cement pillars with stop signs in them. Right? Remember them? Anybody hit one? Oh, come on. <laughs> it's got to be something. Yeah, thank you. Is there at least two, three? Yes, there's, there's more. Thank you. All right. Chad, <laughs> you did not. I remember driving that puppy. Jen walks out. Kids tell me. I look over and see my wife. It's like, oh, she's so beautiful. Bang! I didn't say a good word. My kid starts crying. Jen thinks I passed out. So she comes running to the vehicle. Are you okay? Did you pass out? Nope. Well, what'd you do? I saw you. (laughs) And Kaylin is crying. Well, Kaylin, why are you crying? Because Dad said a bad word. (laughs) Why does this happen, Derek? Well, let me tell you something that came out of that situation. I went to insurance. Guess how much money they gave me? Yeah, $2,000 more. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing how, I think you brought it up, I don't know if it was pre-service prayer in here, sometimes these tough situations are so needed because they do something for us. So let's read the Word of God real quick here. We're going to go into Matthew 14, verse 22. This is right after the feeding of the 5,000 and all that stuff takes place. And then out of the New King James Bible, it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waters, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying... Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to walk to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. How many steps did he take? Do we know? How many? It took a few steps. We'll go with that. What's a few steps? Probably three. We'll go with three steps, okay? All right. Uh, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began sink began. Where am I? began began to sink and cried out, saying, "Lord, save me!" And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, "Peter, are you okay?" Right, Derek? No, he didn't. Did he say to him, Peter, good job? He didn't say that. This is an interesting one because I can tell you this much. If my friend Jesse Martineau and I went fishing and Jesse just decided to get out of the boat, if he took two steps on the water, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to look at Jesse and go, can I touch you? Like, that was amazing we got to tell the whole world. I mean, if that happened, we would be telling the whole world. Would we not? It would be a massive testimony of the power of God. But, of course, Peter takes two or three steps on the water, and Jesus looks at him and says, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? Well, that's nice of you. Why did he respond like that? Doesn't he know we have feelings? Jesse, you have feelings, right? tucked in. You do so. You have lots of feelings. You probably have more than me. It's true. Doesn't he know we have feelings? I mean, let's just paint this picture a little bit better. I am guaranteeing you that you have all had circumstances happen in your life, and you did not like Jesus' response, did you? Uh Uh-oh. But let me tell you something about his response. It's the exact response Peter needed. Is it not? It was the exact response Peter needed. In fact, the response that you get from the Father is the exact response that is needed. Do we know why? I mean, let's just paint the picture all over again. I mean, they get in the boat, they go to the other side, but no storm, no issue, no problem. Guess what? No lesson. Nothing. No lesson. Nothing is learned. But what does Jesus want? He wants Peter to get closer and closer and closer to him. Why? Because he wants Peter to be just like him one day. I mean, if you're reading the book of Acts already, you know we start to see a change, right? I mean, let's flip over to the book of Acts. No one has their Bibles, do they? Remember the old days you'd hear everybody actually turning right now? It's not happening. Let's flip over to the book of Acts. This is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And I just love this because I think about this all the time. Because I am very much like Peter, and I, I just... I don't like the way Jesus sometimes responds to me and my problems. In fact, I sometimes think there is a better way. Just saying. If you'd only do this then, it would be great and awesome and amazing. Would it? Would it? I don't know if it would, right? Like, I'm just not so sure. And I've got this theory in my head that if I want to be a good football player, what do I have to do? I have to work hard and I have to practice and I have to play what? Football, come, work with me. If I want to be a good cook, what do I need to do? If I want to be a good uh, picture taker, what do I have to do? Is that how I say it? Photographer? I am not a picture taker guy. (laughs) He is. All his pictures in Banff that you see, I'm the guy who stayed in the vehicle, right? Paul, you went out. You're a good guy. Vehicle stayer right here. Okay, who wants to be an overcomer in the room? Oh, guess what? What? All oh, you gotta overcome, and so he is so amazing because he's gonna give you circumstances that help you overcome. In fact, that whole situation, I believe it was premeditated from the Father, set up because he wants to make our life so miserable. Not a chance because he's trying to make us like him. I mean, let's get to the book of Acts. I mean, let's just get in here. We know chapter 2. What happens in chapter 2? Holy Spirit moves, right? Who's preaching? Peter is preaching. We go over to chapter 3, right? He's walking into the temple. Who's healed? The beggar, the lame guy who's sitting in front of the temple, who's been there a lot, in fact, he, they've seen him many times. But on this day, everything's different. Everything is different. Well, let's just keep going. I mean, we move up. Peter gets arrested, goes to jail. They go to look in the jail. Oh, where's Peter? Where is he? He's not there. Okay, something miraculous just took place. All right, we flip a little bit further. I mean, let's go down to, I think it's chapter 9, right? Is it? Okay, chapter 9, 32, we see the next healing. Let me tell you something about Peter, all right? The Peter of the book of Matthew is not the same as the Peter of the book of Acts. It's true. Thank you. It's so true. Let me tell you something right now. The Derek of 10 years ago It's not going to be the Derek of 10 years ahead of time. He is going to be transformed and shaped into the image of Christ. And guess what? He doesn't really have a choice here. He kind of does because he can prolong the process. He can. We all do, right? We like to prolong it because we just don't want to go through it. Or he can actually embrace it and lean into it and realize that God has him in a process. Because God is bringing this man to the place and the point where he is going to see miracles everywhere he goes. But guess what? He wants to do that with every single one of us in this body. So he is going to continuously help put situations in front of us where we have to overcome them, and we actually finally believe in our heart that he is God, that he heals, he restores, he delivers, he does all that stuff. That's who he is. How do we get there? I ask that question too. It's one way, right? What? Got to go through it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And who do you got to go to each and every time? You got to go to Jesus each and every time because I can tell you this much. All right? I met Jen how many years ago now? Oh, my goodness. This is going to age us. 21 years ago. We're actually almost married for 20 years. I know. Can you believe that? No, that's not true. Okay. I'm going to confess something about Jen. No, no, this ain't bad. This is all good. I'm going to say probably two weeks after I met her, I didn't trust her fully. <laughs> She's laughing she didn't trust me either. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't trust her fully, right? And as time went on, I gained a little bit more trust, and a little more trust, and a little more trust. But let me tell you something about Jen. I know my wife. I have spent time with my wife. In fact, I know for a fact if I have an issue or a problem, I'm going to phone my wife, and guess what? She's going to be there. Do you know something else? I know Rick Ray. I know him well. In fact, I know if I have an issue or a problem, I don't even have to think about this anymore. I don't have to think about it for a second. I know for a fact he's going to be there. And Della too, of course. I know that. Where's the Howells? Let's welcome the Howells back. I saw them here. Are they here? I mean, I can just keep looking around the room and looking at people one by one and say, I know them. I know if there was an issue or a problem, they would be there. Let me tell you something. The greater you get to know the Father, it all changes. That faith thing we're talking about, I don't have to ask if Rick's going to show up. I know he is. This is what Jesus wants to bring us to. We know he's going to show up. Do you, get, do you understand this? Like, there is a difference. We often are in that spot. Is he really going to show up? You need to get to know him more. Serious, if that's what you're thinking, you need to get to know him more, because we shouldn't have to think about it anymore. I am right in here. There's no questions asked. I am not seeing healing out on the streets. I am not seeing these things yet, and it drives me crazy, because I know the problem. The problem is right here, and this morning, I felt, God, I just want to know you more. I want to get hungry. I am sick of this, of, I think I'm hungry, might be hard. No, I'm not. I want him to be everything. Everything. I want my community to change. Well, my workplace is pretty good, but you know what I mean. You want your workplaces to change, it's going to happen. But we have to get to know the Father at a deeper, deeper, deeper level. This is what we're fighting for, even in worship, right? I know sometimes it's like, why are you guys always fighting to get us to do stuff in the service? You know, I, who cares? Right? Like, honestly, I'm sorry. I just feel like, you know what? When it comes down to this, let's just get hungry. How it looks, we know this. We're not to get stuck on the form of it. Right? We know that. But we better get on the one. And who cares what it looks like? And we get to start in here. That's all. We get to start here, in this place, in this house. But it ain't meant to stay here. And that's coming from the evangelist guy who has not been evangelizing. That's about to change. Because God wants his body to start being louder. It's true. Let's stand up. Well, that was a good service. Speaker was pretty good. (laughs) Do you have something to say, Derek? Come on. You can always tell when Derek has something to say. He's leaning like, God, just come. Okay, I
3: think all of us are asking the same two questions I'm asking. Who is this, and what's happened to Chris Bannis? And so as I was sitting there, I was saying, Lord, what seriously, what's happened to Chris Bannis? And the Lord said, reminded me of that Pokey Lafarge song, There Must Be Something in the Water. And then he started speaking about Peter going into the water and like none of us want to be in the water but there must be something in the water and so before you go any farther which I'm sure you're gonna uh, let's bless this man because uh, we really want Lord we really want Chris to be everything he can be we stand with this man and we stand with with loudness loud is way more fun by the way quiet is kind of uh, loud is fun we stand with him, and we encourage him, we strengthen him, and Lord, just more than more than any of us could imagine, pour it out on this man. We pray.
0: Well, in confession time, I thought it was okay. In fact, I thought I was doing the right thing—be the humble guy, the quiet guy. Just keep pursuing the Lord. There's some good to that. Not anymore. I just feel it. I just feel like the Lord's saying the time for being silent has ended. I need my people to be my people. And I'm kind of sick of it, just to be honest. It's either I'm going to die in the church, or I'm going to wake up and everything's going to change. I don't want to die in the church. (sighs) We see that too many times. I went to church my whole life, but there was no life. Oh, that that was going to say sucks. It does. It's not really, sorry, Rick and Della. Oh, God, help us, help me. Father, I don't even know how to pray this, but just the reality of this is uh, I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to be in that spot. I want to go forward in you, not just for myself. And I think this was said. I think Rebecca brought this up sometime. I can't remember who did, but. This isn't about us ain't doing it so we can stand on the pulpits and we can stand on the rooftops and say look at me god we we want what your heart is for and we know it's for the people we know that not one should perish Mm -hmm. not one should perish god and get us on board with this because i'm more worried about stuff that just don't matter and god shift our thinking shift our attitudes shift our i'm not going to do this i'm not gu- god whatever you ask i will do mm-hmm. that's just the way it has to be mm-hmm. in order to see change in order to see transformation it's whatever the father wants whether if it fits in our paradigm or not that just doesn't matter yeah. so father shift our hearts where our hunger for you will override our insecurities, our issues, our wants, and all those things, but that our hunger will be the thing that takes us to that next place with you. And may we truly get to know you the way you want us to. God, forgive me where there's been some surface. I'm tired of the surface. It's got to go all the way. We all know what we think of surface relationships. We don't want that. So God, take us to that next level. I think my wife wants to pray.
4: I just wanted to say, I was thinking about Peter on the water and how, um, you know, there came a point, which is so amazing to me, where he's standing on the water with Jesus, and he doubted. Um, And I think there was a shift that took place where he put his faith in himself. And his own strength, and he became afraid. And so I I want to repent uh, on behalf of myself and the church before the Lord. And I just want to say, God, forgive us for where we have operated in our own strength, for where we have said, "I'll do it my way." And then, as we put our faith in self, we just don't measure up. And we don't have the strength, and we don't have the power, and we don't have the authority. And then we blame it on you. We get angry at you. And we distance ourselves, and we start to believe lies about who you are. And And the foundation of our Christianity becomes about those lies that we believe, all because we chose to operate in our own strength, in our own truth. And so, Lord... We come to you today and we ask that you would forgive us for where we have believed in lies about who you are and for where we have chosen to operate in our own strength. And I'm asking that you would come and you would tear that out of us today, Lord. We yield, we surrender, not my strength but yours. Not my truth, but yours. Not my authority, but yours. The only way we're going to walk on the water is if we put our faith in him. So God, I ask that you'd heal us from the inside out, from those lies that we believed. We confess them to you, and we come out of agreement with them today. Show us your truth. Show us who you really are. This is what keeps us on the water, not our own strength.
0: Just in closing, I know we're ready. I've had you standing for more than like two minutes. But she brought up a good point there and it made me think of it because, again, when Jesus is walking on the water, Peter's afraid. And what does he say to him? Is that you? If it's you, ask me to come out. Let me tell you something. He's always walking towards you in the midst of your issue and your problem. But we have the same problem Peter did. Is it really you? Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, it is. It always is. Because that's who he is. So, Father, we love you. And we're going to walk with you and we're going to figure this thing out, God, because we got you. We need you. We want you. Do what you need to do. We all pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.